Welcome to The Pursuit of Life, where we share inspirational and action-focused stories to help you live a life of adventure. Proudly presented by Knightswood House. Now, please welcome your host, David Hazelwood. We're joined today by Richard Bowles, who's the five times world record holder of record-setting adventure runs. He's run the East Coast Trail, the Bicentennial Trail of Australia, which extends for 5,330 kilometres. He's run the T Araroa Trail in New Zealand and other runs around the world. Richard, thanks for joining us on the show today. Massage my ego well and truly today. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I already already feel amazing, David, and we've not started the, uh, the conversation yet. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to send you off on a different track now, and I'm going to ask you, what did you want to be when you grew up? I can tell you one thing. I knew for a fact I didn't want to be a long-distance runner. <laughs> Do you know what? I always, it was, there was a number of things, depending on my, the age I was. You know, I always remember I wanted to be in the armed forces until I found out that p- people died. <laughs> and then I had this huge thing where, where I wanted to be an actor. So I actually studied that back in the UK, where I'm from. I've been in Australia for almost 20 years now. And then when I left college with that, I realised that that was all too hard as well. So then I landed my, ended up here and I actually took her path down into a, a sales career, a corporate sales career, which I had tremendous success in, but um, and that really wasn't for me either. And somehow I ended up being a long distance runner, ended up speaking to you today. So you decided to uh, take the easy option and go from uh, you know, acting and things like that to ultra distance running events. Well, you know, it, with ultra distance events is that it's pretty straightforward. You put one leg in front of the other. And I hate that terminology, but really that's all it is. It's the same as walking. It's just a bit faster. Yeah. There's no, there's no thought process within that, really. It's, it's pretty straightforward. But I think, you know, runners in particular, we really like to overcomplicate the fact that running is more difficult than it is. Like, and it's not. It's just literally putting one foot in front of the other. And that's why people like Forrest Gump did that, David. You know, he's not, he's not, that, he's not that intelligent, is he? Certainly not from the, the way it's portrayed in a movie, that's for sure. <laughs> so what's your day job now? I mean, presumably you're not just uh, running around the world all the time. What, what do you actually do for a crust these days? Well, what I did is, so I did these sort of five runs around the world. And in the, in, in the back of my mind, I thought, what actually can I do, do with this? How can I get back from doing this? You know, because in some ways it's massively selfish for me to just go, well, you know, I get sponsored and I get funded and then we'll go around the world and I'll run some trials. I mean, that's great, but how does that, you know, move humankind forward? So I was like, well, I think I need to tap in to find out how I've done it because I really do consider myself to be this everyday person. Like I'm, I'm not that intelligent, hence the, the remark before. I'm not that smart. I'm not a born athlete. In fact, people who see me in the flesh go, wow, you're actually a bigger person than I thought. People are expecting this wiry kind of Kenyan type of guy. And I'm, I'm not. I'm this bigger, chunkier guy. So for me, it was like, well, how, how have I done it? So I actually took a year out of my life and I sat down with a whole bunch of psychological experts from sports psychologists right through to spiritual leaders. I did this thing called past life regression therapy. If anyone's ever heard of that, it's when you go back into the life before the life you had today. And apparently I was a horse. So there you go. And uh, yeah, so I really wanted to, f- to figure out how I've done it. And the initial question I asked was why? Why have I done it? Because that's the biggest question that people always ask me, why? And I think people ask that question because 
I think they think if they can understand why I did it, perhaps that's going to help them. But I don't think, don't think that's the case at all. And in fact, the 12 months I spent sitting down with literally hundreds of these psychological experts, I found out that I couldn't answer the question why. I still don't actually know why. And it made me really, really depressed. I went into a really dark place trying to figure that, that, that question out. And I was really, really depressed. And what happened was the, the conclusion really was, well, just because you did. Just because. And I thought to myself, wow, I've pounded myself into the ground on these adventures. I've gone in, into dark places with depression just to figure out that I did it just because. Surely life has more meaning than this. <laughs> like it was just good thinking time. <laughs> but look, it's funny if you look at uh, great adventurers across the world from since time began, you know, they, when asked why, they never really answer that question. Not profoundly enough to go, yeah, that's the reason why they did it. You know, it's like the, uh, I can't remember the explorer's name, but he said the reason he climbed Everest or was going to climb Everest is because it was there. Yeah. That's, that's not an answer. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I think those people that go and do these things really can't articulate the reason why we do what we do. I think it's really hard to try and articulate it. You know, if I was to ask, ask people out there, why do you love your children? You could tell me, but you couldn't really articulate that, that question. You just do. And that's the only kind of analogy I can give people is that, yeah, if you've got, you know, why, why do you love somebody? Why do you love your parents or your children? And the first instinct might, might be, yeah, why the hell do I <laughs> love my children? Um, On but, any given uh, day, yeah. Yeah, but the fact is, is that like, it's like, yeah, when you think about that, you just do. It's just an internal thing. You can't, you can't explain that, right? You can say, oh, because of this, this and this, but really you can't articulate that, that question. And I think it's the same for adventurers, at least definitely for me. So in trying to explore that why, I decided to go down the path of how. Because I thought, how is, is how I can help other people? And that really opened up a whole new world. I'm trying to figure out sort of the mental strategies that I guess I use, the tools, the ideas that help me move forward. Not only just move forward, because perseverance is obviously one thing in endurance sports, but really, how have I overcome some of the, the huge challenges that I've had to move through why being on these adventures. And I think that puts me in a, in a position to be, I guess, it puts me in a position for people to really be on the same page as me. Because the problem with being an adventurer is that people are not on the same page as you. I can't go into a corporate organization and say, well, I crossed a crocodile infested river. This is how I did it. So therefore, this is how it applies to your life. And that's just ridiculous because it doesn't. But the fact is that when you run ridiculously long distances you're you're physically and mentally exhausted and then you have to overcome a challenge and that's the same as people's lives okay so I hope that was like a massive that that was the ultra endurance answer <laughs> yeah. no that's it's really interesting actually i love the the idea of not actually being able to explain why you went and did it because um yeah i often think about that when yeah and i don't run anything like those distances but when you are pushing yourself to the absolute limit and it hurts and you're tired and your legs are screaming at you and your brain is screaming at you as well, if anyone asks you why you're doing it, it's not because you're actually enjoying it at that moment in time. It's not because there's any sort of profound reason, but there's something still that pushes you on. And it's interesting that you spent all that time, spoke to all those people and couldn't come up with an, anything more than just because. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think, uh, look, I've, for many years, I used to, I guess, tell people what they wanted to hear. This, this will make you throw up, David, ready? ready? I used to say, I'm searching for, for the why in the hope to never find it. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say, seriously. And I used to just say that because people are so, so want to know. And even today, I, I tell people I don't know the reason why, and that's not enough for them. Like they need an answer. It's like, well, even if I had an answer, how does that help you? I'll tell you what, though, you could sell a hell of a lot of books with that phrase of yours. What, the actual oh, search for the why and the hope to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could put that on the front cover of a book and you would sell hundreds of thousands, I'm sure. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't help people, but uh, yeah, it'd certainly be a seller. It'd have to be some text on top of the pavement pizza, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's you know, this this whole conversation has been interesting because it's come full circle for me again because I had the opportunity to go and uh, interview the the marathon monks of Mount Hiei in Japan, <sighs> and some people might know these famous legendary monks, but basically they run a thousand marathons in a thousand days around the map, the mountain. Now that might sound crazy to some people, but you know, if only only it was that easy. You know, they do it in these death robes rope sandals if they get sick injured tired and they have to give up for any reason they have to take their own life and then if you think that's enough after a thousand days then they have to lock themselves in a in a room and pray for nine days straight without water food or sleep which most scientists say that you know that itself would kill m- most, most people. people how the monks have done this um there's only been four uh 46 since the year 788 who have ever completed it and this trail around Mount Hie is covered in graves of those that, that didn't make the, uh, the distance. Now, the why for them is to, is to become a modern day, living day saint, to be enlightened. But the interesting thing is, is that when you ask them the question why, even they don't give you an answer, which I find really, really interesting. You've got these very spiritual, divine men, enlightened people, you know, that you think it'd be really hard to converse with, but they just go, well, because... <laughs> 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 oh well, wow. I mean, yeah, I've heard stories about them, and um, I hadn't realised the full extent that yes, if you quit or can't finish or whatever else, then uh, you've got to take your own life. Yeah, and then for that that reason, they they carry a noose and a dagger, and they and they have the choice. That's about the only choice they they do have in the matter is which way they're going to which way they're going to go, disembowelment or hanging. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy, huh? So you, uh, are you joining them on the, are you able to run with them or it's a, a solitary journey that they have to go on? It is a solitary journey and there's no one currently trying to do it at, at the moment. They, they come around about every two years. Wow. Um, and then obviously it's a thousand, a thousand days, you know, so that goes over you know, many, many years if, if they do complete it. Um, it's pretty insane. Yeah. I mean... I'd love to see the uh, the brochure for that one. How they uh, they get people to sign up for that? But well, the thing is, they it, they yeah they they do. You know, they all have a, an inkling to do it. It's funny that the, the actual monk that I I got to sit down with, he's, he actually made me laugh. He, the, the first thing he said was, "Look, he says, look, Rich, I've not actually completed the, the, the thousand days." He goes, "I struggle to do the mandatory seven days." <laughs> <laughs> I thought this this isn't for me, but his brother has has actually completed the uh, the whole thing. Wow! He says, and it's it, it's a choice, you know. And the thing is, you you accept death. That's that's the initial thing. You have to come to terms with it. Yeah, okay, 
I'm, go, I'm going on this journey to die. That's kind of the way they think about it. Yeah, okay. So look, I guess the, the, the lesson in that is if you look at, you know, the reason why, then it's kind of like, well, because I accept death. And I think when I heard that, it kind of struck a chord with me because when I think about my own adventures, I've done things where I've taken myself to hospital, which it, for me is, is life or death. I think the, my success has been in the fact that I, I literally is a matter of life or death. This is, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to die trying. And I don't like that kind of saying. Everyone knows that, that saying. But it's the same as like when Will Smith said in an interview, they said, why have you been so successful you know, in his Hollywood career? And he said, look, if you put me and a different guy on a treadmill, one or two things are going to happen. He's either going to give up or I'm going to die. And when I think about my adventures, it's like, yes, exactly. I don't think of it quite like that in those words, but it is like that for me. It is life or death. This is going to happen or I'm going to die trying. And I think if you're not in that frame of mind, you will always struggle to achieve the things you're trying to achieve. I think it has to be something so deep inside of you. And some people might call that purpose or your wise or whatever, but I think it's more than that. I think it's something that you can't explain. And I think if you can't explain it, then you've got something. And if you follow that feeling that you can't explain, that's when ma magical things will happen. That's when, and I just, I go back to a project I did in Israel, along Israel's national trail. It's just over a thousand kilometers, stretches from the Red Sea up into the, uh, the borders of Syria and Lebanon. Probably not somewhere you'd like to be today. And mainly desert. And I remember after day one, I had this, this kind of sore foot and swollen foot, which is kind of unusual for me. You know, I've done quite a few of these things before this, this moment. And I was like, okay, whatever. I just, you, just, you just keep marching forward. And then on day, day two, missiles flew, out, flew overhead. I thought that might have been a warning sign to, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're going to explode in the valley next to me. I'm just going to carry on moving forward. And then I had suffered with severe dehydration. I couldn't find water and I was weeing blood out and all sorts of things. And awful things happened, like crazy, crazy things happened in the first five days. And this foot of mine from day one got worse and worse and worse. And my team said to me, look, look, this, this foot's really bad. Perhaps you should just go off to, to hospital. I, I remember sitting down with them and saying, no, nah, look, we, we came here to do, to, to do a job and that's what we're going to do. You know, we're, we're, we're in it together. We've got this. We, we can do it. And I said, okay. So for that, for a seven-day period, they were just on my side, banging up this foot, helping me get out of bed in the morning, just moving me forward. And then on that seventh day, I literally collapsed and my foot couldn't hold me up any longer. And I ended up being rushed to an emergency department in Jerusalem. And the doctor said to me there, he says, wow, you're lucky, mate, that you came in now because this is a severe foot in, in, infection. The red, the red line's close to your knee. And uh, we might need to amputate. I was like, wow. Anyway, ended up being fine and putting in a massive course of drugs. But yeah, it's, it's those moments where you go, yeah, for me, it was like, we, we came in to do, to do a job and that's what's going to happen. Yeah, right. Locked into this now. I, I never give myself an out. And I think we, most people give themselves an out. You know, a lot of salespeople, for instance, who I work with always have an out. So why don't you, why don't you make it so there's no out? It has to happen no matter what, something, even if you break the law. <laughs> like something has to happen and I honestly believe that yeah when you get yourself in that state that's when magical things happen it's when the people go and do all sorts of weird and wonderful things you know and uh and move humanity forward and I think that's that, that's important so it's interesting the yeah the things you're touching on around um 
basically not having, well, not so much not having an out, but the idea of um, death being something that you effectively accept. Do you, um, do you think that the world's too safe? Well, if you look at the news, then no. I mean, nowhere's safe, is it? Yeah, but that's just the news, and yeah, yeah that's not that's not the reality. No, I don't think. It's like that's uh, like a, an episode of Hope Coming Away. It's uh, look. I don't. Yeah, is it too safe? Look, I guess only in. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong thing here because I don't actually know. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably in what definitely in Western culture. The awesome thing about me being able to travel through adventures and th through my work around the world is that you know you, you get to meet all sorts of different cultures and different people and i find a lot of those let's say third world cultures are kind of backed in the corner they don't get a choice you know if this is what you're born with then you need to make something with it now i always find it really interesting that it takes people most people have to go to rock bottom before they do anything yep to make, to make things better i find that really interesting concept so yeah, I think if you have something to fall, fall back on, maybe that's the soft thing you were kind of speak, speaking about. You know, you've got, you've got a partner who supports you, you know, maybe financially or because uh, you're trying to do something with a new, a new business or you can just go and get a, a different job if your sales career is not going well. You know, all those kind of things. Perhaps you are a bit soft in that, that regard. Perhaps we do need to toughen up. But then I don't like to say that to people because, you know, in some ways the world has become tougher. At least mentally, I think. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mentally certainly, and you were seeing the the rise in depression and mental mental illness and and all sorts of things like that. And yet, we've never been more affluent. We've never been more, um, yeah. Certainly, in Western countries, you know, we've got more stuff, more money, more security. And yet, on the other side, we don't seem happy about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then and then we kind of. Then sort of, you know, if you look across social media and the companies I work with, they want people to be outside of their comfort zone. And people constantly talk about people being outside their comfort zone. You need to push yourself outside of your comfort zone if you want to grow, progress, do cool stuff. It's like, hang on a minute. I think most people are already outside of their comfort zone. And that's the problem is that people can't take a step forward because they have no clarity. Like it's, they're so... There's so uncertain and there's so much uncertainty, so much unknown, so much fear. No one knows what they're supposed to be doing. So I like to say, well, let's give people the tools to be able to at least tread water in the current environment and then offer them some clarity. And then they can be innovative and move into the future because at the moment they, they can't. You know, people don't know if they're going to keep their jobs. People don't know what's going to happen with the economy and all sorts of things. And then people don't get a break these days. It's not like... You go from work from nine to five, then you come home and you have your evenings or the weekends, you know, and as, as you know, David, as a parent is like the weekends are full of kids stuff, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no, there's no downtime. And then before you know it, it's Monday morning again, and you're already behind the eight, the eight ball. So to ask people to, you know, push outside their comfort zones and yeah, you just, this, you, you, this is, these are the things you've got to do. You've just got to have courage and stuff. It's like, it's, it's rubbish because <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You're already being courageous that you, in, in your, in your current life just to get through the day to get through the day yeah so, yeah it's interesting i mean even if you only go back a hundred years you know you or not even that far you know you were if you were born in a small town or a country town you basically knew what your life was going to be because you just looked at your parents and uh and that was kind of the way it was yeah and look and i guess that had its drawbacks too you know yeah <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a it's a hard one to answer i'm not saying <laughs> 
It is. It's just, I think we just need to, you know, we, I said at the very, very beginning how as runners, we like to overcomplicate stuff. And I think in life, we like to overcomplicate stuff too. I think it's a lot e easier than we try and make it. You know, I think we just need to, often the people know what to do. They just don't do it. Yeah. You know, if you sit down with yourself and you just ask yourself some questions, you, you know the, the answers. Um, you don't need anyone else to tell you that. And you just need to act upon those things. And hold yourself accountable to it. Massively accountable. I'm a huge believer in, in accountability. You know, because the, the good thing about accountability, it offers a tremendous amount of pressure and weight for you to go and execute things that you probably wouldn't do if you were just doing it by yourself. But also, you know, the good thing about having people, I should say, not just a person, but people to be accountable to is that, you know, the, you, you, do, you do have support there too. And there's, you can validate things and, and make sure you are going in the right direction. So I think, look, accountability by people is a very powerful thing. Yes. It's certainly something I've, I've used. Yeah, okay. Do you wish you could do more with your money? Knightswood House is a financial advisory firm that specialises in working with successful business professionals who share a passion for endurance sports or other adventures. People often come to us for one of three reasons. One, they aren't where they imagined they'd be financially at this point in their life. Two, they feel frustrated that they are earning good income but aren't doing more with it. And three, they are concerned that they don't have a strategy to make the lifestyle they're working so hard for feasible, both now and in the years ahead. Underlying all of these are nagging doubts about the future and a concern that they aren't maximising the opportunities created by their hard work. We have a nine-step process we take you through, which will simplify your financial affairs and take much of the hassle out of your hands, provide you with certainty that the strategy you choose to implement is right for you, and finally, get rid of those nagging doubts and give you confidence that you are on track to achieving the things that are most important to you. Ultimately, we can help you leverage your professional achievements into financial success so you can enjoy a life that is truly remarkable. For more details, head to knightswood.com.au. Okay, back to the show. When you, um, you know, obviously we spoke about the, the run you were doing through Israel and, uh, you know, kind of the, the physical challenges that, um, that came up in terms of health and, and things like that. And that you're quite prepared, or you acknowledge the fact that um, you know death is a potential outcome of some of these things. What else have you had to sacrifice to to kind of pursue this life? Because I mean, you now seem to be living the dream. You know, you you got corporate speaking gigs, you fly around the world, you you know, you write about your adventures and and things like that. And so, to an outsider, it looks to be you know this fantastic life, but that doesn't all come without having done some given up other things what are some of the the trade-offs yeah well, absolutely i'm not living the dream this is the thing isn't it people this is the thing with the current lifestyle that people do think of the dream you know, my friends will say to me wow you've got a great life you know, you're, you're going off to wear today that's cool just to speak for an hour about stuff you've done it's not that easy <laughs> it's just not that easy so no one's really i don't think i wouldn't say i'm living the dream i'm i'm i'm, I'm enjoying my life but i think that comes from it like you just mentioned that setting not death, well, that's a bit of a harsh word, but accepting that the reality of life is for the best part, it's actually really tough and hard and rubbish, I think. And I think when you can accept that, then things start to become really, really good. But in terms of sacrifice and stuff, well, the biggest one for me, in fact, is that I actually don't like running. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and that makes people laugh. So that's a huge sacrifice because when you're an ultra distance runner, you know, covering off thousands and thousands of kilometers, you have to do a lot of running. And that's a massive sacrifice to me because I don't enjoy, enjoy that. So people often think that I'm, I'm a passionate runner. It's like, no, I'm not passionate about that. It's not my passion running. Far, in fact, far from being my passion. Then people say, well, how, why do you do it then? Which comes back to the why, right? Which is yeah. I can't really explain. But I think, you know, this, I think that's another confusing point for people. This idea of passion, you know, is that you've, you've got to work your passion and live your passion. And I, I think it gets pulled out of context, you know, especially that, that quote about if you work your passion, you never work another day in your life. <laughs> I've got a exactly. I'm glad you laugh about that. I've got a uh, a friend who's a personal trainer who actually believes in, in in that quote, and I said that's rubbish, Mark. And I said why? I said because you were complaining last week that you had to do do all your accounting stuff. He goes, Oh yeah, I hate that that part. I said that's the work. <laughs> that's the work part. I don't think you understand. Um, you can't. It's not because the the problem I have with with passion is that. It's a good, it's a great thing. You need to have it. And it's a good way to get started. But I can wake up this morning and be passionate and, until when life punches me in the face, which is going to happen at some stage throughout, throughout the day. And then your passion goes. Yep. Your passion, motivation, inspiration, all those things that we're constantly kind of, I guess, I guess things are constantly sp spoken about. I like they're only useful when you have them. But for the best part, you don't have them. So they're not useful to you. They don't, get, they don't get you through a sticking point or a difficulty or a problem because that's when you don't have them. So, you know, I can get up this morning and be, be passionate until, you know, life will punch me in the nose. And then what? I need something else about to drive me, drive me forward. But anyway, that doesn't answer your question. The question was <laughs> sacrificing, running. So I have to sacrifice all the fun things I'd like to do in my life, the thing I don't like like to do so i can have the thing that gives me a better life if that makes sense yeah okay so i have to go out and run and train and and devote my life to this running malarkey so that i can go out and do a world record and then a world record will give me the opportunity to go and do the things i like to go and do which is speak on the stages and, and live the rock star lifestyle as you kind of put it yep people kind of see it that's the bit that that i, I like to do so, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot for people to get their head around when you say stuff like that. But what I do is I put myself in that kind of uncomfortable, massive amounts of uncomfortable and pain and things I don't like to do, knowing that the outcome will, will be great. And, but, but at the same time, I know that the outcome is only 10% of it. So really you're chasing the 10%. But the not the ninety percent has to be crap, has to be tough, has to be a struggle, has to not be nice. And I think again, if you can get your head around that and go, okay, to for me to have the things I want, living the life that I want, you know, doing all the things I want to do with the people I want to do with it, do it with on my time, then the ninety percent has to be a struggle. And, and it's again, just getting through that. Yeah, and it doesn't sound glamorous. I mean, that's because it's not. <laughs> it's just not. You know, I, th I think life is one big struggle. And people will say, well, it doesn't need to be. Well, it does if you want to be happy. But it's interesting, though, that you get to choose the pain or the, the struggle or whatever else, and you put meaning on that because it's driving you to, um, you know, to the outcome that you want rather than just accepting whatever's thrown at you. Yeah. And it's funny that you, know, you use the term that I get to decide, but it's funny when you go, and you go to these communities. You know, I've been fortunate enough to work with like, indigenous communities and spend weeks with them. 
um, out in remote areas and, you know, different tribes around the world and stuff. And what you find is that those people who don't get a decision to struggle, their life is just a general struggle, is they're the ones that are always smiling. Yeah. You know, you just have to look at some of the, some of the documentaries across t- TV on, you know, tribes in Africa and, you know, and slums in India. And the, the camera's going through there and all those people are smiling. They're having a great time. Yeah, they, they, they don't get a choice in the struggle. So there's something in that, you know, and there's something in that. And, you know, and if, um, I mean, I'm not a uh, religious person, but, you know, if you look through all the religious texts, no matter what the religion is, they all talk about this, this struggle and sacrifice and it being kind of tough. So I believe that's something you have to do. And I think if you avoid that, that's when ultimately you actually become un- unhappy. Yeah. Okay. Now you spoke about having a team helping you through all these adventures. And obviously, I mean, for most people involved in running any sort of endurance sports and things like that, it's an expensive exercise. If you're taking a team along and things like that, obviously that magnifies everything. You spoke about sponsors and things like that. I mean, how do you go putting together something like that? Do you know what? It's, it's a bit different now to how it used to be because I used to have no idea. And in some, in some ways, that used to be... A blessing? <laughs> it used to be better when you didn't know what, what you're doing. It used to be easier. You know, I don't think anybody knows what, what they're doing when they start up something, be it a business or a new career or whatever. I mean, you, I, mean I know within in the sales environment, because that's my kind of corporate background, is that you know, the, the new people that come onto the team who have no idea really about the product or the service are the ones that generally do quite well um, going into things blind. So, uh, you know, you do go into these things quite kind of blind. It's just a case of asking the question. This is what I want, want, want to do. Would you like, like to get involved? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And liking sales ends up being a bit of a numbers game. You know, yeah. ask lots and lots of people, lots of companies, lots of people, hey, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Would you like to get on board with it? And, uh, and if they go, yeah, it sounds interesting, then, you know, the conversation develops from there and, and they sort of say, look, we'd like to give you this, if it's money, if it's products or whatever it is, or a platform to leverage off. It's just asking those questions. It's just a conversation. You know, it's not, it's not any more complicated than that, really. It does take a lot of work. The very first project I did, which was the Bicentennial National Trail of Australia, I think you mentioned in the opener. So it's a 5,330-kilometre trail. So it's in Hillsville in Victoria, where I'm based, and finishes in Cooktown in front of Queensland. So basically, it's the extent of the Great Dividing Range. I was working a full-time job then. I was a, I was a sales director for a, for a company, and I so a bit of a team to look after. And I was coaching people on uh, the track in, back then as well. So I had four meets we used to have throughout the week. Yeah. And I was training to run five and, almost 5,500 kilometers. And then on top of that, I was looking for sponsors and and funding and all this kind of stuff. And I realized that if I really wanted to be able to get the money and some products and things so I could really go off and do this huge journey, then I needed to sacrifice, I guess at that stage, all my work commitments and push myself just into that solely. And that, that's what I did. I basically took six months off and just worked on sponsorship stuff. Yeah, right. Be able to contact enough people, enough people, businesses and it's funny you know what what i found was that and it's, and it's still still the same today is that it's not the obvious people that the ones that actually fund you you know people might think you know like sports shoe companies and you know and uh hydration packs and all that kind of stuff that you think you need and they're the ones that 
I, I find often don't come to the party. <laughs> it's always the, the other companies, you know, that like insurance companies or I've worked with mining companies, you know, all sorts of different other companies that you don't sort of associate with a running project. So, you know, it's really about sometimes thinking outside the box and really just tackling everything. You know, it really is about just going on the hunt for everything and asking every single person that you, you come across, would you like to sponsor me? Yeah. I just had, um, I've just had lunch with a friend of mine recently who's a, um, a freediver. Yep. This project coming up where he wants to go and um, be the first to do a hundred meter free dive under the ice in the Arctic. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is incredible. You know, and he's been working on that to try and get that up and going and funded. It's so expensive to get out there and take a team out there. And he said, I was just literally sitting down with one of his clients and he said, you know, that he's, he's looking, looking for some funding in this, this particular client. He said, okay, I'll, I'll fund the whole, the whole thing for you. How much do you want? Wow. Four, and four, 40 grand later, he's on his way. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a case of asking all sorts of different people. It's not just a case of thinking, okay, you know, Nike and Adidas and those kind of things. When it yep. It's just going, okay, just asking everyday day people. I got funded by a guy I used to coach. He backed all the fuel for the, the vehicle for the Great Divide run. And I came out of his own, own pocket because he wanted to be a part, part of something. And I think when you go back to what we were speaking about before when I was in the Israeli desert, you know, when things become a matter of life or death, death to you, you know, you, you have a, a different persona about you. When you lock yourself into the thing that you want, you want to achieve and you've got that feeling that we said you can't really explain, you can't articulate. Yep. You lock, you lock into that. You become a person that is, you're just oozing with inspiration and this kind of, you become this person where people go, wow, I want to be around that person. I want to buy into that person. You know, you have a tremendous amount of influence when you're in that, in that state, you know. And if we go back to the Israeli desert for just for a second, you know, my team only ever asked me once to stop. And I said, no, we've got this. And when I asked them on my return, why did you not stop me again? So because we, because we believed you. Well, I went to a hospital and I ended up going to see this bit of a famous sports um, doctor in, in Israel. And he gave me this medication. I went off to the pharmacy to go and get it. And they said, wow, is this, is this correct? This is mega dogs. Like this is illegal. I said, well, it's from, it's from this, this, this doctor. I, 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 okay. And I went back and I asked him, why did you give me a mega dose of stuff? He goes, because I believed in you. You told me what, that you wanted to get that trail finished. And I, I believed in you. And I was just trying to find a way to help you. And he risked his career on that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing the influence you have when you're, like, you're, locked, you're locked in on like, like that. You know, it's, you really do, people will move with you, you know. And it's the same for sponsors and people who are going to fund you. You sit down in front of people in that state and you don't have to say much. People go, yeah, this person. You just know, you know, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've just got that twinkle in their eye, you know. Sometimes you, I know, you know, if you're out, out at work or you work with somebody, you, you know, you sit next to them on the computer and you, without speaking to them sometimes, you just know, like, this person's got it. Yep. They don't know where they're going in their life. They've just got it together. So the challenge then is if you're, you know, the runs and things like that that you've done, I mean, you've kind of done them now. How do you maintain the rage, so to speak? Because... You're now in a situation where you're, um, you know, the work that you do is as a result of that. How do you maintain that so that you can um, kind of maintain the life that you've built? Uh, sorry, the, you mean like doing projects and running and stuff still? Yeah, I mean, you, have you still got, uh, are there other projects that you're doing? 
there is, but I'm more out of the physical running side of stuff now. You know, I realize that the body won't hold up forever. Yep. And I'm not that passionate about it, you know. So yeah, okay. Sometimes to dream something up. But I'm more into sort of throwing myself into things that are still mentally challenged. I like, I like to be mentally challenged. Hence why I've been recently into stuff with the, the monks over in Japan. Um, yep. I'm kind of on this on the edge at the moment with how uh, we touched on it brief, briefly before, but how I have a choice in going to put, put myself through stuff versus the people that don't have a choice. And I'm interested in those people. I'm interested in throwing myself into a slum in Mumbai two, two weeks with only the clothes I have on my back and just working the whole thing out. That, I find that attractive. And I think it'd be very insightful as well because it is a privilege really for, to do what I do. You know, yeah. I just want to do it and people give me money and fund me and help me go, you know, mate, it's, it, in some ways it's, it, is, it is a choice. It's just the fact that I make it not a choice. And I think that's why I've had success with it. Okay, so the, there's different boundaries that you're pushing now, but you're still, you're still trying to explore effectively, just, uh, yeah, just in a different way. Yeah, it's like how, how uncomfortable can one person get? You know, it's, it's a bit sick when you think about it. Someone wants to go and do these things. You know, even the long distance running sometimes I think it's a bit sick, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I, can say, I can say to people, you know, you, you, the reason I don't like to call it a passion and a lot of people might, who, who are runners out there might disagree with this because they say, no, I'm passionate about, about running. But if I was to tell people, yeah, mate, I'm passionate about pushing myself to mental exhaustion where I question if I should be alive or not and I'm chafing up to the eyeballs and I'm crying and I'm breaking down my knees and stuff and, and I, but I'm passionate about that, you'd probably lock me up. It's not, it's not like I'm throwing up on myself and all those things. That's not, that's not something someone should be passionate about. It's kind of a bit of a, a sick thing. So, yeah, it's... Uh, to, anyway, let's, let's answer your question. How do I juggle that th- through life now? Almost feel obligated to do it now because I've put myself in a position now where I go, well, my career and the life I have now is off the back of doing all, all that stuff. So I have to continue doing that stuff to continue my life. Yep. And that's why I search for all the other more uncomfortable things to go and do. Because the other way is just to go back into corporate and that isn't really going to cut it these days. Yeah, I don't want that. You know, that was something that was, you know, and, and, and that impacted for me as well as I go through my life. I go, wow, if I had to go back there, which could always be a possibility. You know, and what's going to happen? There could be another financial crisis. And hey, what's because it's not very in demand then. <laughs> Global. <laughs> You know, then I think, wow, then what, then what would I have, have to do? Would I have to go back into, you know, a corporate life? And I couldn't think of anything worse than me personally. I would hate that. I'd, I'd hate every moment of it. It really would destroy my life. So that's a, that's a bit of a fear thing that drives me on too, to go, I don't want to be there. Not what I want to do. You know, yeah. Again, I lock myself into this. It's like, well, this has to work, man. Regardless, something has to come, come of this. Fantastic. Well, just before I let you go, and obviously, thank you for your, uh, for your time today as well. I mean, it's... It's been a really interesting conversation. Well, I hope it's not been too complex because sometimes when you get into this stuff without exploring one little idea for ages, you know, people just go, oh, why? This is heavy. I'm confused. Yeah. No, well, certainly it's been interesting to me. So hopefully it is to, <laughs> to the people listening as <laughs> no, well. You made, it, you made it this far all the way to the end. So it must have been all right. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that I do ask of guests is... Um, we talk about, you know, the, and we've discussed a lot of things around the challenges and, um, you know, the, the different ideas that uh, have kind of got you to where you are. So one of the things I'd ask is for you to put a challenge out to the listeners of something different that they can do over the next week. 
to kind of help them or to, um, yeah, that might help change their life, whether in a big way or a little way. Wow, it's a, it's a challenge even for me, that one. Um, well, let's keep it on the same topic thing about being un- uncomfortable and maybe doing something that not that, try and think of this in an in a interesting way. So not necessarily putting yourself outside of your comfort zone as such, meaning that, you know, um, I don't like getting out of bed early, so for this week I'm going to get out of bed early. I think it's a bit boring. <laughs> I think go turn in a completely different direction and go tackle something that is going to be hard and a struggle and di- difficult, be it f- physical or just mental or whatever, but it's not in the direction you're currently moving in. So just move away from the current direction you're going in. And go and explore something else. Explore something completely different, but it has to be uncomfortable and a struggle to go and do. So let's say you've got zero interest in a language, but why this week go and learn a new, a new language? Even though you've got no interest in it. It doesn't help you, you've got no interest, just go and do it anyway. And see where it leads. See where it leads, yeah. Fantastic. I'll have to work out what I'm going to do as a result of that. Yeah, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to keep you accountable. We spoke about that today, David. So. We did. We did. <laughs> Look, thanks very much, Richard. For anyone who wants to find out more information about you or would like to get in contact, what's the best way for them to hit you up? Hit me up. Just go to a website or just type in my name into Google. It's Richard Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S, like Camilla Parker Bowles, but I I didn't get an invite to to the wedding, so I don't really want to say that anymore. (laughs) Fantastic. And we'll stick that up in the, uh, the links up in the show notes as well. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Richard. Wonderful. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit of Life. To learn more about how Knightswood House can help you live your life of adventure whilst planning your future, visit knightswood.com.au.